Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Massive Attack Podcast. My name is Joe and with me as always is Mitch. G'day. And we are continuing with our A to Zs. We did C last month, so that means we're doing D this month. D. We're going to give you the D. We are. We were going to do Brassy. I want to play some D, but then we figured we would only have a three-minute podcast if we did that. Yeah. But we've decided to go something a little bit obscure this month. I hadn't seen this before, but this is something that you decided to pick. And we've gone with the 1968 action crime psychedelic movie by the name of Danger Diabolique. Mm-hmm. Diabolique, is that how yeah, they pronounce it? I say Diabolic? Di- I say diabolic, but you can yep. say it however you want. I'm not Italian, so I'm probably getting it wrong. Mm. So, why did you choose this? Uh, it made me think of, well, John, we did Barbarella two episodes ago. Yes. And the actor who played the angel in that was John Philip Law. Yes. And he is the star of this film. And it was both of them were produced by Dino De Laurentiis. And I just thought about it and I was just going through my DVD collection when I was looking for A's to Z's and things and what we can talk about. We wanted Obscure or Culty or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really funky movie. And they said, I think there's enough to talk about to make it interesting. And it's probably something that not everyone's seen. So why not give it a go? And I thought you'd get enough out of it. I'd never seen it before. And watching it, I think I have seen probably a couple of clips from it because there was a couple of things I was like, well, that kind of looks familiar. But then there's probably a reason for that too, which we'll get into further in into the story. So the movie itself is based on a comic, which was an Italian comic series called Diabolic by Angela and Luciano Gassani, I think you would pronounce his last name or their last names. Again, I haven't read the comic. I tried to see if I could dig it up online and, and maybe have a look at it, but I couldn't find any of it. It's actually not a comic. Oh, isn't it? No. Well, big yeah, well, it is, but it's Italian, so it's a fumetti. Oh, okay. It's like saying manga. Well, that's also what they class Barbarella as yes. as well. Isn't so it? it's Italian for comic. Just a little bit of you just got learned. I did. We should have that little sound effect of the star going yeah. across. <laughs> so it's the story of a international spy, I think they say that he is. He's a thief. Our main hero is really the bad guy because he is yes. a thief that goes around and does nasty things. He's a terrorist, basically. Mm. And it's sort of in that late swinging 60s, kind of like what Barbarella was as well. And yeah, it, it's kind of funky. The design of it's quite nice. Yeah, so he's he's got a mask where instead of a domino mask like Robin in Batman and Robin, imagine reverse of that where all you see are his eyes, everything else is a mask and it's black, yep. all black. So a black body suit with only his eyes exposed. But he's also got sort of a shaped mouth and nose. So it's not quite a face, but it's not a blank nothing. But later in the movie, he actually has a white version because he was climbing up a white hmm. wall. Yeah, so it's quite an iconic sort of look from the 60s comic. It is that funky. Austin Powers-ish, what you picture from that sort of era. So they got Mario Bava, who's an Italian director, known for, he's like the king of the giallo films, which is like Italian horror or gore films back in the day, which, I mean, nothing compared to modern gore, but they were the things of the time. So De Laurentiis got him to direct it, and he was sort of co-producing Barbarella and this at the same time. And I think this started, then stopped a few times, then Barbarella got made, then this got made after. John Philip Law was in both, obviously, and it was going to be a bigger film, then it came smaller, then it got co-production with Paramount in America and that sort of thing. It was a bit all over the shop, but what it is, to me, is a great visual for a movie. A lot of the special effects were done in camera, so it's a lot of matte paintings and those sort of things, but it's just really funky and really cool and it looks more expensive than what it is yeah i think they said they had a couple of the sets with yeah, the they same shared from barbarella, from barbarella as well because they shared the sets yeah, yeah. literally just finished finished barbarella and they go yeah we can use that because it looks like a futuristic funky thing so the plot of the film essentially it starts off 
with $10 million being transported from the bank. And they had all, like, they put it in an armored car with all the, an escort of armed police guys on motorbikes and sent it off. But you sort of see that that's actually just paper. It's not real. And yep. what they did was actually put the money inside a Rolls Royce and they had three coppers dressed up in top hat and tails, essentially in a chauffeur. And they were like tr- tricking, trying to pretend just to keep, because they knew that Diabolic would be after this. So they sort of sit him on a red herring saying, go chase this armored car while the money's actually in this. And it starts with a heist where he um, he knows what's going on. Yep. Ends up using, tricking the car into going the wrong way, going onto the docks and picking it up with one of those big container forklifty things. But they actually put it in a cargo net and then lifted yeah. the car up. But before that, they, they had like multicolored gas or smoke or something that was confusing the policeman. And he then picked the car up out of nowhere in that, that weird net sort of Thing. Yeah, it was all pretty elaborate, pretty cool. So that was cool. He got his yeah. money, goes back, meets his girl. And it's, it's, it's a love story in a way that it's him and his girl. And he's just trying to impress her constantly. And it's this mutual, yeah. she helps him out with the heist. And they just, it's what they do for fun, basically. But they don't share yeah. a shower. They got their own showers with strategically placed bits of circles through the glass that you can't see through. So they've got a bit of modesty, which is very nice of them. They end up shagging on the most ridiculous sized bed you'll ever see. But they, they drive into an underground Oh, what would you call it? Hangar. They call it his car hangar yep. or his garage hangar. But yep. yeah, it's just like the back cave, I guess, the diabolic cave. And it's this great futuristic retro futurism design, matte painting slash real stuff. And he's got a 20 foot wide circular bed that's tiered. It's, it, of course you do. Because you're diabolic, you can have these yep. sort of things. That's it's, it's just so really funky and cool. And then there's a bit where the Ministry of Finance, played by Terry Thomas, who's always good to see, that big gap teeth and the big voice. So they're going to a press conference that he's at, and then they have exhalation pills, is it? Yeah, yep. so he's got a little contraption in his camera, so he's pretending to be a photographer. They take some anti-exhalation pills, pills, yep. sets off the little gas as he's taking pictures, and everyone starts bursting laughing, like a bit like the Joker, in a way, making everyone laugh and look mm. silly because they're all talking about how we're going to get diabolic. This is ruining the economy. We need to get him. So that's all funky. And then the next two more heists, essentially it's just three heists where he has to go. Yeah, because he wants to. So to prove his love for his girlfriend yet again, he's going to get a necklace. Of this, of this rich lady so he has to go to a castle and scales the castle goes in through the window and does all that sort of stuff steals it gets away by pretending to be catapulted over the top and he just took his clothes off and pretended to catapult it off and they didn't bother checking so that was all funky yeah. if, if you want a recap of this sort of movie you can actually watch just jumping ahead now Body Movement by the Beastie Boys is a great song and Fat Boy Slim did a great yeah. remix of it and they did a film clip to it in 1999, I think it was. And essentially, they recap yeah. this movie in a very good, funky way by using scenes from the film and redoing their own. Yeah. You get a pretty gist of what's going on. If you like that film clip and you want it for 90 minutes, check it out. So, yeah, Body Moving by the Beastie Boys, check it out. So, that, so that's all well and good. He gets a necklace and that's all great. But to get away, they capture him and he's got the necklace. How do I get rid of it? How do I pretend this? And he gets caught. What he does is he feeds the gems of the necklace to the to a dude and kills him then he then he takes yep. a pill to, to, to pretend he's dead himself so he gets taken to the morgue and that's cool and he's used his tibetan techniques as well if he isn't given a special um inoculation at a certain time he will die i think he needs the antidote within 12 hours and as eva his girlfriend gives him the antidote he sort of goes all right what time is it it was like 11 57 or something so he yeah, died. So, had a few minutes yeah. to spare so he gets up he's, he's alive and all this sort of stuff that's great then he goes to where the other guy was um, cremated 
goes through the ashes of the cremation and steals the gems that didn't get destroyed, which is like, okay, that's fine. So yep. he gives them to his girlfriend. Here's my love for you. Here are these priceless gems. And the last sort of heist he does is they need to move some gold. And they go, well, he's going to try and... 20 tons of gold. So what they do is instead of having ingots of gold, they melt it into one big fucking ingot. So we're talking the size of a car and they put it yep. on a train. It's like, well, how can he steal a fucking 20 ton ingot of gold? We'll do it this way. Let's just say Diabolic knows what he's shit, and he does it. He ends up killing people. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. He diverts a train, because that's not an easy thing to do, by making a truck crash onto the track, so the train has to go on another track. And then he blows up a fucking bridge, <laughs> which is the only really bad special effect in the movie, I reckon. It's the only one that looks really overtly like a toy. Oh, I don't know about that, because there's one bit where he does almost a Roadrunner-esque thing and pulls like a shiny piece a of metal mirror. across this road on a cliff. It's a shiny piece of metal. It's not a mirror. Yes. It mirrors the headlights of the police car that's chasing him and they get all confused because they see this headlights like, bounce them, back yeah. of their headlights and they drive their, was it E-type Jag or yeah, something off of the side of the cliff? Mm. Well, you know what that's symbolizing. And as the E-type Jag falls off the cliff, as soon as it hits the ground, it just explodes in this massive ball of flame. So yeah, that I thought was... Very reminiscent of the old Roadrunner okay. yep. by Eddie Cartons, but yeah. So the container or the, the, the gold, gold is in the water, and the next thing you see down yep. there is there under there, him and his and Eva are in their scuba suits. They got a little submersible convertible, I suppose you call it. Yep. So they end up attaching some balloons to it and take it away back to his encampment. Then he sets it up where he's got a he's set up a contraption where he's got the ingot in the contraption. He's got a laser where he's melting the gold and he's got a pipe at the bottom yep. where it's going to first, and he's hosing it out. Basically, he's liquefying the gold and he's going to make him into ingots again. And he makes a big deal about the fact that steel has a higher melting point than gold. So the gold will melt before the steel box that it's yep. in. And he's in this like crazy suit and he's like, I can just walk across the surface of the sun in this suit. It's so safe sort of thing. But really. Yeah, it's a really silvery sort of like fire retardant suit. Yeah, it's just a silver suit with... With a plastic you don't face know, it mask. It might not be so. plastic, it might be plastic <laughs> or something. We don't know what it is. Diabolic knows his mm. stuff. So anyway, that's all well and good. But they didn't know the police actually tracked the ingot to his to his secret base. So they sort of came in and there's a bit of a shootout. He's sort of hiding behind a rock and he's looking over and then he can see that the steel is heating up with the ingot with the laser. So it's getting hotter and hotter. And it's like, oh no. Yeah. And it ends up blowing up and he gets covered yeah. in gold. And the whole the whole cave gets covered in gold, basically. And there he is, stuck, yeah. frozen, encased in gold. Where you can still see his face. The gold has solidified around him, and he's stuck yeah. next to cuts to a scene. The the policeman who's been chasing him this whole time, he's sort of talking to what he's assuming is the corpse of him, essentially stuck there. There's yeah. photographers taking pictures. They all leave and just leave them there. Of course they do, because you know they leave two guards in this cave, and we'll get the gold later. And they all leave. Girlfriend sort of pops in, and the the chief goes, "All right, I'll take you away, but you you can have five minutes with him, essentially." And she has a look and she sort of says goodbye and he gives him a wink and then he winks to the camera. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. So I was like, is he dead? Is he not? But a bit of a, not a downer ending, but sort of like, how does he get away with it or how does he get out of it? But I, I love the fact that it was just three heists and they were all kind of clever and a lot of fun. Yep. And it was really punchy and it had funky Italian pop music of the time, which I thought was great. Yep. And there was a song I was listening to at the start going, I know this melody. Why do I know this melody? And they played it quite a bit throughout the movie. And they're just like, I know that tune. And then when they started singing the lyrics, it's like, I definitely know that tune. And it was deep, deep down. And it's like, why would I know a song 
from Italy, from a pop song from the 60s, and it's because Mike Patton, who I've mentioned quite a bit on this show, who's the lead singer of Faith No More, and many, many other bands, Tomahawk and Mr. Bungle and other things, but one of the, and Phantomus is one, and one of the other acts that he fronts is a band called Mondo Khan. And what Mondo Khan is, is Mike Patton in front of a orchestra that sings 60s Italian pop songs. And it's yep. like, that's why I know that, because... It's it's great. Yeah, it, it had that Barbarella vibe with the music and the look. Yep. And it was just kind of funky and fun. He had a great look to him. Cars looked good. And something yep. else that was really cool was the direction of it. Now, I watched it on DVD. And on the DVD, and I had seen this before, because I don't know what made me watch it, but there's a 20-minute short documentary. It's probably out there. Okay. And it's mainly talking to Steve Bissett, but it also talks to John Philip Law and Adam Yauch, is it, from the Beastie Boys? Just a bunch of people talking about the yep. movie. But Steve Bissett is probably best known for reinventing Swamp Thing with Alan Moore. And it's him talking about this okay. movie, how much he loves it. And when he saw it, he was like hiring it, the 16 meter reels and showing them to his mates at cinema club at school. And he's talking about how, and this is, oh, I think around X-Men times, this doco would have been made, 2001-ish, how people don't quite know how to do comic book movies. <laughs> Little did he know now. But yeah, this how this was <laughs> filmed very deliberately because people think it's all about the stagnant picture and the framing. But he's like, no, no, no. Comic books don't do that. They, they tell motion through a different way. Yep. But he just used examples of the movie where just the framing, there's a bit where they're getting on an aeroplane. Now, one, it's a lot of foreground toys versus not a real aeroplane, but they're standing there, but there's a propeller that's cutting the, the scene into squares. So it's almost like the mm. comic panels are there. There's another bit with there's a bookshelf with no books in them and there's someone standing behind it, someone standing in foreground and there's like just greetings. Yep. And just little things like that. It's just, oh, that's really, really fun. But there's definitely a lot of use of um, map painting. Like I said about his underground lair had one. But even the opening scene yep. looked really cool where you had these two buildings next to each other that the um, armoured car was driving down. It was meant to be the Reserve Bank. That was mostly, it was a one-story building on one side. That was it. The rest of it, and even the people were, were toy soldiery sort of people. They weren't even real, a lot of it. But okay. it was just done so well. I never knew. It, was, it wasn't until I watched this thing afterwards. It's like, oh, really? That's a map paint, two map paintings and people. Hmm. So watching it for that is just this really good execution. And he ended up coming in under budget as well, which, you know, well done. BRF. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just I just think it's it's really, really cool. Um, yeah, so this DVD I've got, it's got this documentary on it, which I've seen before, but I watched it again. It was on there. And it's also got the Beastie Boys film clip and it's got the Beastie Boys film clip with commentary. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. <laughs> hmm. So I actually watched it on YouTube because the whole movie is on YouTube free for anyone that wants to go and watch it. So if you are interested, it's out there. As I said, I'd never seen it before. Kind of watching it now, comparing it to Barbarella, which I know I probably shouldn't do, it's less exploitative than Barbarella. There is still girls in very short skirts and Eva's getting around in a bikini a couple of times, but there's no nudity like there is in yep. Barbarella. There's a couple of weird scenes where they're just, as you said, killing innocent people for no reason, like when he blows up the train and, and that sort of stuff. And it's kind of like, well, yes, he is the hero of the movie, but he's really he's a, a bad guy. Yeah. He's he's not like Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a spy. He's yeah. a 
No, he's stealing no. for himself. He's not giving it to anyone. Yeah, I, I did like the fact that there is that main policeman that's coming after him. So Inspector Ginko, I think his yep. name was. Uh, it's good that he's well. He's not the inept sort of policeman. He's he's doing his best to try and stop him and. Yeah, because he's he's you know out to get Diabolic and stop him from doing the bad stuff. So he kind of is the hero of the movie, even though Diabolic is the hero. I really like Terry Thomas, as you said. He's that sort of pompous Englishman that's always there being the, the Minister of Finance, getting up and sort of saying that they're doing their best to try and catch Diabolic and they're going to stop it and all that sort of shit. And there's one bit where near the end he comes out and he says, well, I think everyone should pay their taxes early so to make up for the money that he's stolen or something. And it's kind of like, yep, yeah, he's now... You know, being a bit of a, a typical politician. But all up, I liked it. I, I think it is a, a really good time capsule of that late 60s, some of the fashion in it, not quite as outlandish as, as Barbarella was, but there's there's still pretty out I thought out it was there, outlandish because, like, because Barbarella's set in space, so they're meant to be aliens or in the yep. future, where this is actually meant to be set contemporary and now. So as far yeah. as that, I did think it was quite outlandish. And there was a weird scene in it, because not only did the Ginkgo, or whatever his name is, the, the chief of police after him, he also went to the mob, and got the mob organized crime to try and take him down. So he went to a psychedelic discotheque that was just a bunch yep. of people freaking out. It was like very weird. And doing drugs and playing acoustic guitars and stuff. Yeah. So he, so he basically did a raid on that and got involved with the, the guy who owns it, who's a, a mob boss, essentially. Ralph Fulbot. I will turn the other cheek if you can get rid of Diabolic. So not only were the police after him, you also had the mob after him as well. So yeah, but that scene yep. in the disco was just like, that's pretty pretty full on. You wouldn't get that in a typical Hollywood yep. film or whatever. I did read that no. there is a version that came out because obviously things get cut for different reasons and, you know, for censorship and all that and different things when they get their ratings. And there was apparently an, a 17 minute shorter version. It's like, I don't think they need to cut 17 minutes out, but anyway. No, I don't know what they would, there wouldn't be much left to be honest, but yes. Mm. But yeah, it's just a funky, groovy movie, I suppose you'd call it. It was groovy. Yep. And I liked it for that. So, you know, you can see where Austin Powers and those sort of things got a lot of stuff from. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I dig it. Maybe not for everyone, but I dug it, that's for sure. There definitely is a couple of the bits where you say that the special effects, you can kind of tell that it's pretty cheesy in the effects like there's one bit where they're in the plane and diabolic jumps out of the plane and drags another dude with him and you can tell that it's like green screen background and they're not really parachuting oh that sort of stuff and everything in the car you know all the cars yeah. you know it's it's rear projection or bad blue screening back in the day but there's some yeah. even some scenes in that just some really nice ones where they're looking at they're staking out a castle and they're looking through a windscreen yep. and they're seeing a reflection of them in the windscreen in the rearview mirror. And it's like, it's just these layers of framing like the comics. And it's just like, that's some really nice stuff there. Really cool. Hmm. So, yeah, if you want to be a pretentious wanker, you can watch this movie for that sort of stuff too. Yeah, exactly. There have been talks for ages about remaking this and it's never really happened. But just on the uh, the wiki, they're saying that there's possibly going to be a reboot of it that's coming out in early 2021. So maybe there Fingers is. Fingers crossed. I would love to see something. And if you're a comic book fan, there's a Grant Morrison's run on the X-Men. He invented a character called Phantom X. And I think Phantomus is another Fermetti. But anyway. Anyway, Phantom X yep. is a character which is a very familiar costume to, fan, to Diabolic, a white version, essentially. Yeah, yep. and essentially it's him. It's, it's a mutant version okay. of, of Diabolic. So, hmm. yeah, that's kind of fun. If you're an X-Men fan and you want to know where that Phantom X sort of character came from, that would be it. 
So, yeah. Hmm. All right, Triple H said that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up. It is a nice short movie. It is quite punchy. It's an easy watch. So, yeah. With great music. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. So, all up, I would I would rate it. I would say it's, it's a good watch. But... Yep, that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up the episode today. We don't want to go too far into some things if we don't need to. So if you have any feedback for us, you can find us on our website. We are the mapodcast.podbean.com. We are the Massive Attack Podcast on Facebook. And we are the MA Podcast on Twitter. So until next time, when we come back with E, Mm -hmm. thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye.